back to One More We All Go. I'm Frank. I'm Brad. And I'm Kurt. Hey, Kurt, how are you? Good, good. Good, good to, to see, see you. Guys. Yeah. This is our Vancouver sessions. The second mobile studio in a row. Yeah. International now, guys. Oh, thank you, Kurt. Yes, we are international. <laughs> international Man of Mystery. If you can find us, we'll give you a free t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> when we're recording it, not whenever you see us. <laughs> right, <Yes>. right. <laughs> so, yeah, if you show up before we're done recording, you can have a free t-shirt. <laughs> and that's the way to go. That's absolutely <laughs> correct. So we are here in Vancouver, Canada. Yes. We just spent the day, um, well, do you want to say traveling or drinking? Yeah, we didn't. I only had four drinks today. Really? Yeah. We really had to power through. Well, yeah, four. Well, I guess if you count the two at the dock because nobody liked the other sour beers we bought. Yeah. Well, yeah, we had to power through. We spent the day traveling, seeing some sights, meeting some different people. And there's a lot more people way up north here, eh, than I thought there would be. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like Canada is a safe place to travel for everyone in the world. So they. (laughs) Yeah, we're a minority up here. That's for sure. (laughs) We talked to a guy at the dock today. From Germany, and I told them I only one German phrase that I know, and it turns out it's not even German. It's, well, it might have been, but it was something about stuffing kids under the table. Mira auhunde sens utem tisch. Sounds good to me. Many dogs sit under the table. <laughs> Many dogs sit huh. under the table. Yeah. Is so, that what his, his interpretation of it was, or no? He's like, that is something with the table. <laughs> Yeah, he just kind of looked cross-eyed at us and looked under the table to see what was under there. Yeah. So, back <laughs> so, <laughs> table, back dish, right? <laughs> so, we're, we're here with Kurt. Kurt, how are you doing today? Thank you for joining us. Uh, how did you tell everybody quickly? Why do we want to get in how he joined us here? No, let's leave that a mystery. Okay. So, yeah, how do we end up with Canada with a random Kurt in right. the basement? We'll find that out next week. <laughs> Thanks for uh, listening, everybody. Uh, why is the door locked? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the basement door, we're in an Airbnb, and the basement door has a lock on both sides of it to lock people in or out of the basement. Which is really comforting. Yeah. Especially since you uh, and your wife are staying down here. Yep. So we could lock the door set the house on fire. <laughs> Right, yeah, that's great. This is going to be a great night. <laughs> I wasn't going there. I was thinking like a kid in time out, you could lock oh, in a room. Sleep sound. Not set him on fire and burn in hell. Uh, <laughs> as a child, would you have minded being... This basement's pretty awesome. This yeah. is the hill of a nice house. It's True. got a, what is it, a 100-inch projection TV? Just yeah. all the sound panels, there. A awesome pool, pool table, table set up. Yeah. Sweet hula hoop over here uh-huh. in the corner. Heavy duty. Yeah. Heavy duty. Bathroom. Everything you need. So. There's, is there three bathrooms down here or just two? Uh, two down here that we have access to. There might be some. There's a couple locked doors. You know, Airbnb sometimes have house yeah. rooms they don't want chance. There's a couple private rooms that we don't have access to. But, uh, yeah, two two available. So, anyway, yeah. back, back to where we're at. We're yeah, down, right, we're down sorry, here in Canada. Uh, we've got Kurt here with us. Kurt, tell us a little bit about yourself. What part of the country you grew up in? So, I grew up in Iowa. Guys as well, kind of southeast Iowa, Fort Madison is where I was born, raised, and graduated high school. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so that was first eighteen years, really. My well, parents. you can't skip over that fast. <laughs> how many how many brothers sisters you got? You're down in southeast Iowa. Yeah, I have one brother. He's younger, three and a half years younger. So. You guys get along pretty good, pretty close. We do now. Yeah, I mean, it was hell for him when he was little because he was <laughs> pretty hard on him. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kurt the hurt. <laughs> He was lucky we were never in the same school at the same time. We were far enough away that right. we were never in the same school at the same oh. time. But yeah, that's yeah. pretty. I think that was pretty typical in the '80s. Brothers didn't get along. That I don't know. It seemed to my experience. Now was it was it playful stuff or were you just a complete dick? 
A little bit of both, probably. Okay. Yeah. Locked under the basement, set them on stuff. fire. <laughs> no, <yeah. laughs> Normal brother stuff. <laughs> no, we played some, but I mean, it almost always ended up in a fight, I think. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah, you'll have that. Now, I've been to your parents' place in Southeast Asia. Is that where you grew up? No, they actually moved there after graduated high school and everything. So I'd never actually lived with them there. But um, yeah, we lived just outside of Fort Madison. So about from the house you were at, they yeah. were about maybe 12 miles away from okay. there. That's the one I mainly know growing up. So Right. <clears throat> so what, what kind of, did you live in town, out of town? No, we lived out of town. Yeah, okay. we had so, about an acre and um, lived right next to a farm. So. Got, a, got a tree house there, bicycle, mm-hmm. BB gun, normal kid stuff. Yep, all those things. Yeah. What was your first kills, your BB gun? I think it was a bird. Yeah, I'm sure. You still have it? <laughs> wasn't the neighbor's cat. I don't have that BB gun it. anymore, uh-huh. no. Yeah. You don't sell the bird in a box either? No, uh, I didn't think <laughs> so. <laughs> it's my first kill. It's my first kill. My trophy. It stinks. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what What about sports growing up? So, you, you're getting up, you know, we're talking about six, seven years old. You got a BB gun running around the farmstead mm. out there. What, what kind of sports did you grow up? Yeah, I mean, small town, so a little limited in what we had access to, but played a little league. It was first real introduction to any kind of sports, but... Once in high school, I played really about everything other than football. I was on the baseball team, basketball team, played golf a couple of years, did track and field. You're, you're a bigger years. guy, though. Why no football? <laughs> well, I filled out a little bit after high school. I was oh, pretty okay. tall and skinny. So, yeah, football, I would have gotten creamed, I think, in high school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I graduated about a buck 60. And some days I wish I was a little closer to buck 60 than I was closer to 260. Yeah. I'm not 260 yet, by any means, but I, I wish I was closer to 160 than 260. Actually, I'm right. I'm exactly in the middle. I was just, I was <laughs> trying, I was trying to do the math. Not that I know what you're weighing. Yeah, about 200. Hey, Picked you, picked you yeah. up. You're like, hey, you're about 208. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 0.7, yeah. So, but, so you're, you're running around doing football and stuff. Uh, what about uh, driving cars, mopeds, motorcycles, stuff like that? Do any motorsports, horses, anything of that nature? Yeah, I didn't do any. I mean, I had a motorcycle. We didn't do, any, do anything with it other than just ride around our property. And our next door neighbor, who was a farmer, owned a bunch of just basically, you know, undeveloped land across the road. They yeah. let cows wander often. But do a few trails within There's stuff. a few trails and stuff in there, but yeah, just cruise around there in the motorcycle some. But How was the first time you ever wrecked it? How bad was it? Oh, yeah. Had a couple of good ones. I, th- I think the worst one was, so there are a couple of decent-sized hills over there um, and kind of tall grass, you know, but you get a good rain and rain would wash out a little gut. Oh, yeah. Length of and I came flying down that hill one day, hit one of those about a 45 degree angle, grabbed the front wheel, bent it in there and just flipped me over. Yep. Over the handlebars. We showed <laughs> yeah, yep, went over the handlebars <laughs> and three or four somersaults and the bike flying. So. By yourself? I was by myself. Yeah. Luckily nothing broken or nothing really injured, but yeah. just sat there stunned for a few minutes it afterwards. Rang your bell. Rang my bell. Yep. That is why I'm an advocate for seatbelts on motorcycles. I don't understand. <laughs> because there's no way you went over the handlebars if you were strapped to a seatbelt. Hey, there's that time from where you know you're going to wreck to you're done wrecking. Like, oh shit, how bad uh, is this going to be? Yep. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter if you're on a bicycle, a golf cart, or falling down the stairs. There's that time where the incident starts to when it's done. Like, oh, how bad is this going to get? <laughs> Because it goes into slow motion, doesn't right. it? Right. It does, yeah. Well, I mean, even falling off your bicycle, you piled up your bicycle in bad wrecks. Yeah, but I ne- it didn't go slow motion. didn't? No. No. The only thing that really went slow motion was getting tased. Oh. Yeah. And that felt like an eternity. 
Would you, we had an analogy for that one? You said you'd rather wreck your bike a hundred times or something. Uh, than get no, t- if uh, an officer said, "Punch your wife in the face as hard as you can," oh, yeah. or "I'm going to tase you," <laughs> she won't get hurt, but I will lay into her. Give her all you got. Yeah, it wouldn't <laughs> hurt because I'm a. It's the clinical term, pussy. I <laughs> 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 tase you or tase your wife. No, I couldn't do that to her. No. No, absolutely she could not. She take a punch. I don't know if she could take, take a tase. Yeah. yeah, and I don't. I wouldn't want anybody to have that happen to him. Yeah. Now, none of your nobody you care for. You, even watching assholes on TV, were like lay down, Roman Tasia. I was like, buddy, lay down. <laughs> Just lay down. <laughs> it's not going to be that bad. Well, I was up this morning at three o'clock. So I couldn't sleep, and there was a guy in Louisiana or Arkansas. I got pulled over on his lawnmower, and his name was Steve. And the sheriff knew him because it wasn't his first run in, believe it or not. He's on the way to go have an afternoon toddy. We had a glass. Steve, what the hell are you doing out here? Just going down to Earl's, have a beer. And he said, shut it off. Dump your whiskey out. I know my rights. You can't tell me what to do. And it ended up, long story short, had to dump his whiskey out. Got him tased. What the hell did you do that for? And he tried to get on his morning right off and he tased him again. <laughs> and it was all on camera, but uh, he felt bad for the fellow. He's like, I know my rights. And you, evidently not. Evidently not Drinking right and lower down the highway. Anyway, a little sidetrack there. That's uh, so, what was the first run-in back in? You're a little older than us, so this has been back in the mid '80s. You ever had with the law? The fuzz. The fuzz. The yeah, let's see. The constable, you might call it. <laughs> yeah. I had one incident where I got lucky. It wasn't quite the first run-in, but the first one. No, that's a totally different story. We'll either getting lucky one later. <laughs> no, the, this one's better, I think. Anyway. So, um, small town Iowa, you do what everyone does in those days. And yeah, you drink beer while you wander around and driving around the town. So, um, speaking of beer, right. <laughs> beer breaks the bread. Yep. Gracias. You're welcome. Um, so anyway, uh, this girl, she's actually not my girlfriend, but just a friend. Her name yeah. is Sunday. And so we're cruising around drinking a lot of beer and... I don't know, probably speeding a little bit or something. And a cop sees us, tells us to pull over. So we pull over into like the bowling alley parking lot there. I hop out and I'm talking to him and he's probably pretty certain I've been drinking a little bit, you know, but I'm playing it cool. I'm being calm. And you thought you were. I thought I were. I, but I think I was because he was about <laughs> to let us go. He really was, you know. But all of a sudden, Sunday's sitting in there. She flies open her door, beer cans literally rolling out, you know, literally on the floor there. You can't do anything to him. He hasn't done anything wrong. Starts yelling at the cop, and he's like, all right, guys, get out. Yep. Get in the back of the car. So he's taking us, but, like, within a half a mile, he gets another call. That I don't know what it was exactly, but it was more important. He's like, yep. turns around, drops us off. All right, you guys get your asses home. Yep. I do not want to see yeah. you out the rest of the night. <laughs> yes, sir. Lucky. Yes, sir. Very lucky. <laughs> Yeah. What was that ride home dropping Sunday? Because you're like, <laughs> yeah, you dumb. Uh, exactly. You dumbass. I'm dropping you off right now. I don't want to see you the rest of the night. <laughs> We're done. We're done. Isn't that what happened on Casino how Ray Liotta got picked up? Oh. When uh, Karen was yelling at him on the interstate and he got pulled over? I don't, uh, I don't I'm not familiar enough with the movie. To... I, I think that was Casino and Ray Liotta and his wife, Karen. Karen! And she's yelling, hitting him on the turnpike and, uh, he gets pulled over for swerving, and that's how he got to jail. Oh, 
man. <laughs> or is he a Goodfellas or Casino? I can't remember which one it was. I don't remember that scene. So yeah. pretty much you're like one of the mobsters is what yeah. I'm getting <laughs> Yeah, nice, nice. Yeah. In small town Iowa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what we haven't gotten into what you do now. So <laughs> you graduate, top your class in Fort Madison, and decide. I graduate. What after that? <laughs> um, so initially went to University of Iowa for a year. So Studying what? Uh, it was just an open major at the time. I hadn't declared anything. Okay. But uh, came with a group of friends from high school. On campus? Lived on, on campus, campus? yeah. Okay. yeah so I, was, I never lived on a big college campus. Really? Like, so I love to hear big college stories. But I know I couldn't have because I probably wouldn't have been able to go to school enough. I would have spent most time partying. Well, yeah. That's right. where this is going. You okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. I mean, that was really it. There were several high school friends that went with me. Not necessarily together, but we all ended up together. And. Um, yeah, my first year of college to sum it up was a lot of fun, but didn't do so well. Right. <laughs> and so my parents had agreed to pay for college, at least initially. And saw how I did at Iowa, and they said, nah, no more, you know. Yeah, we're not paying for you to party. Not, not paying for you to get grades like that and party. So uh, it took kind of a year off from that. And then my brother, in the meantime, had joined the Navy and kind of thought about that a little bit and thought, you know, I do want to graduate college at some point. And least the way the recruiters tell you in the navy you know, oh you can do both you know you can be in the navy and we'll help you pay for college and you got the gi bill and everything coming yeah. out of that too so so that was the next phase then i said all right join the navy so is that how it worked were you able to take college classes while i did some yeah and they actually had a few like a professor come out on the ship during a couple of cruises that i was on in the navy that you could take literally take a class on the ship he taught it and everything so they just fly him in and fly him out mm-hmm. huh yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a lot better than have to wait until you're done serving your time or yeah. serving your time, enlisted yeah. time, and right. same time, and then going yeah. to college afterwards because yeah. you're burning up twice the amount yeah, of time. Exactly. To get so a took job some sort of basically job, I should say. early versions of online courses and took those courses on the ship I mentioned. So on, on what, board courses, on board courses, yes. <laughs> so, so this is the early '90s, mid '90s, uh, early '90s, yeah, early '90s, early okay. '90s. Yeah. So what were you studying? Because I knew you told me what you did on the ship. We'll get into that here directly. But uh, what were you studying on the ship? Yeah. So there was still, I mean, ultimately this is still my first two years of college, which is just pretty open. Right. I hadn't really even declared a major yet or anything. So um, I didn't need to. I, I had started working with computers some on the ship, and that's sort of ultimately where I landed. But I hadn't really declared a major, like even, you know, it's just sort of the general courses you take for the first year of college. A lot of English, history, math. Yeah, and, yeah just. Something that we've asked some of the other military guys, what about your basic training? Does all the Navy go through the same basic training? Just the general startup? <clears throat> Navy does, yeah. Each branch has sort of their own so version I, of it. So pretty intense or time of your life uh, like a big sleepover the navy wasn't too bad really it's yeah. one of the easier ones i think in general and i was a little bit older at the time than people that like came directly out of high school you know i had a couple years under my belt and i don't know uh, with no attitude you know you, you know they're gonna fuck with you, you and, and you go in knowing that like you just deal with it you know some people couldn't handle it but i didn't think it was ever that bad you know the emotional stress is worse the emotional stress is yeah. the physical yeah so which that's, I mean, that's what they want to find out your limits, right? So they right. want to break in, build you back up is what I've been told. Exactly. Yeah. And they want to see people that just can't handle that stress too. You know, if you, if you are going to break like that, you don't want them around. <laughs> right. Yeah. You want to eliminate the private piles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Better now than later. Yeah. If you have that issue. So where did you go to basic at? Uh, Orlando. Yeah. Oh, 
Well, how, uh, staying on the barracks, you were 20 years old when you got there? Uh, I mean, it sounds like. Yeah, I think so. 20, 21, don't remember exactly right now. So, yeah. So, was there any off time off base? You'd go party with your comrades and. Um, no, not in basic training. You're there 24 7. Okay. Really, you live in the big barracks and, you know, your entire day is dedicated to that. It's only six weeks long, so it's not terribly long. But you couldn't sneak out and go to Disney World. You cannot sneak yeah. out. Yeah, you guys uh, want to get out of here and go to Splash Mountain? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, get you're punk. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, <Kurt>. <laughs> <laughs> you can get the soap on a sock again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Once you're out of that, it's a different story. But really, basic training is like a dedicated six week period. End of story. You don't get any. Do you still to... keep in touch with any of those guys? Uh, a few of them, yeah. Not from basic or just training. Guys. We'll just say guys. <clears throat> Not from basic training, but a few guys that, you know, I knew after that in okay. the Navy. So, yeah. Uh, one thing, Frank, we missed the, your other question about high school. Oh, yeah. The very first job you ever had to pay taxes. Oh, pay taxes. Let's see. You get a lot of people like, well, I helped out at my dad's bar or yeah. you know, I threw bales in the summer. But I'm trying to think. Well, I mean, taxes that were like taken out of your paycheck. Yeah. You mean, yeah. Okay. Or Uncle you might have got like, back all of it in the year still. So. So my first real job then was at Pizza Hut. So, oh, yeah, in yeah. the kitchen or in the driving? Uh, in the kitchen. Oh, your first car. What was your first car then for that job? Yeah, what, was, what did Sunday screw up? <laughs> <laughs> so my first car that I had for a while was an old one of my parents. It was a wood paneled station wagon that had been totaled, like the Griswolds. Yeah, very close to the Griswolds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that thing was huge. <laughs> yeah, man. But but it's, yeah, it was terrible. But. By the time I started working at Pizza Hut, though, which was just a little bit later, I was like 16 and a half, 17. Somehow or another, my parents, I don't know what happened, but I'd asked them if I could get a car. And they said, yes, we'll get you on. You got to pay insurance. You got to pay gas. And I ended up with a Trans Am. So <laughs> they asked what I wanted, and I found a Trans Am in an ad and said, well, what about this one? Sheepishly thinking, like, no way in hell is never this happening. Yeah, but it never hurts to ask. And well, that's what I got, yeah. Although the station wagon had a mobile queen <laughs> bed in the back seat, your yeah. Trans Am, yeah, it did, yeah. you've yeah. got enough to put a six-pack in. <laughs> yeah, I think it's probably a better investment for them to have a two-seat Trans Am than a baby wagon. Yeah. yeah. You don't want to be grandparents by the time you graduate. <laughs> Hell, yeah, there's, there's a lot of pros and cons to each, I suppose, from the parents and the kids' side. Yeah. So, did you ever get any trouble with the old Trans Am? Did you keep it through the military years, park it somewhere and have it when you got back? I mean, mold blowing in the wind. No. I'm joking, dirt. <laughs> like them spinning tires. I think we ended up selling that, yeah, about the time I went off to college, really. Okay. Um, yeah, I think just, I didn't want to take it at the time, and I think my parents were going to keep it for my brother, who was hadn't even started driving yet. Right. So. How much yeah. younger is he, you say? Three and a half years younger. So, okay. Yeah. Well, so pretty good experience overall, basic training. You said it sounds like it wasn't terrible for you. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think it was that bad. To, you know, it wasn't, wasn't a blast, but it wasn't bad right. like some people make it out to be. So. You didn't come out of it feeling like a champion. You wanted to conquer the world. <laughs> no, no, not really. Yeah. I, I've heard some military guys say, I learned so much in there and I can do anything I want. And some guys say, yeah, it wasn't so bad. Yeah. They don't really teach you, at least Navy didn't anyway, teach you too much. You know, I mean. You get in trouble for things like not making your bed correctly, you know, um, and um, misstepping during marching exercises. How to follow really orders. stupid stuff. How to follow orders, yeah. yeah. How, so, much, how much of a Navy boot camp is swimming? Um, there is one aspect of it. Basically, you need to be able to 
like use your pants as a flotation device, which oh, we did that Boy Scouts. Yeah, tie a square knot in the yeah in the pant leg. Yeah, put it over behind your head, flip it over top to capture air, and then you go underneath and you blow bubbles into it. You just gotta hold the waistband underwater, and then you put your head through the yeah yeah. Then you're in there naked. Yeah. Oh, underwear on. Hold on. Sounds like another way the Boy Scouts are tricking you out of your pants. <laughs> <laughs> There's a doc this morning at four in the morning on, on this TV. There was the mysteries behind the Boy Scouts, and it's probably coming right up with tricking yeah. boys out of their pants. Yeah. How to get that sweet little Frank out of his pants? <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> I don't think the Boy Scouts actually do that, Franks. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I was a Boy Scout. Yeah, I never. I always floated with my clothes on like, every time. Next thing you're gonna tell me is that Weeblo didn't mean actually. Weeblo. <laughs> no, it's you blow. Were you ever a Boy Scouts, Kurt? I was in Cub Scouts and Weeblos. Yeah. I, I did they ever make you take your pants off to go swimming? They did not. No. Strike again, Frank. Oh man. <laughs> Shysters. Your therapist upstairs. I'll go talk to you in a minute. We'll go talk to old Red. So you're, you're, we we interrupt your military time, but uh, yeah, you're in the military. You're taking some college courses on the ship. Yeah. So as you're on the ship, you're taking some college courses. Where were you deployed at, and what was your job on the ship? Yeah. So you know the name of your ship? Can you share that with us? Yeah. Yeah. It was the Saratoga. Um, was the first ship I was assigned to. That's a good one. Down in Florida. Yeah, down in Florida, Mayport, um, near Jacksonville, in sort of a suburb of Jacksonville. Um, so yeah, out of boot camp, I was stationed there on the ship and what was that ship's job? What was it? It was an aircraft carrier. Okay. Yeah. Um, one of the last conventional ones, it wasn't nuclear, like most of the newer ones. So it was diesel? It was diesel. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so yeah, I was stationed there, literally went there like about six weeks, I think before its first deployment. Deployments are six oh, months. So it's still pretty new. So, well, no, I mean, before it was going to deploy uh, again. Yeah, it, it was It was one of the older ones. I think it was built in like the late, I want to say 50s or 60s. I don't remember exactly. Man. Yeah. It was steam powered at least. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't, didn't have a wooden deck anymore. <laughs> right. It was still steel. <laughs> the sails were taut. <laughs> um, right above my bunk, someone etched in, Grant is an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds personal. Ulysses, that's great. Oh, <laughs> good callback. Oh, that son of a bitch. Nice, nice. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, so you're on the uh, Saratoga, a giant aircracker. How big is this son of a gun? Uh, I, I'm trying to recall, I think I mentioned earlier, I think they're around 1,500 you feet. You can make something up too. Yeah, I, I might be making it up completely. Um, but there's about 5,000 crew on board with the air wing, which is the you know aircraft complement. I think about 3,000-ish, roughly, normal people are just assigned to just a ship. Right. When they bring the aircraft on board, they bring all the equipment crews and everything with that. And that brings about another 2,000, roughly. So can they only land, like, fighter jets on there? Or could they land, like, the big Boeings? Um, there's a, yeah, there's a handful of, there are larger, like, transport ones that will land on there also. No. Yeah, uh, I don't. Maybe forty people they'll take. Even you know, yeah. they're they're larger. Um, and yeah, they definitely much bigger than the fighters and stuff. But <clears throat> and they have like sort of the intelligence ones, S threes. They would call them. It would fly real high. And the E two E two C Hawkeyes, I think, have the big dome on top of them. Oh yeah, those would launch off there also. Um, 
So it was mostly fighters, but there's always a few of those other ones also, and a few helicopters also that were there. So, so what was your job on said ship? So I was my rate was ABH, which is an aviation boatswain's mate, and within that is a subgroup called Crash and Salvage, which are basically the aircraft firefighters on the ship. Um, so we manned the little firefighting vehicles, and we also own the big crane that you see on there that will, you know, if it airplane were to crash and get mangled and need to be removed so they can other planes can land or whatever that's what that's used for primarily so if it did would you just put it below deck or would you just chuck it off in Pro- the ocean? probably chuck it off the side oh. yeah it, it, it might depend situation and- yeah, yeah yeah it might depend on how badly it was you know i mean you could probably also just move it out of the way and so put it on and save, salvage it potentially. But. You said you had a vehicle, so you had a little fire truck to drive on the deck? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a little firefighting truck. I'm thinking of the Shriners. Who <laughs> <explain> <laughs> this. Yeah. Eight guys on the back. <laughs> <laughs> We're coming. Hey, yeah. It's 20 feet, Kurt. <laughs> it's not terribly far from that. I mean, literally, imagine this pool table. We're sitting around right, right here. It's roughly that size, probably a little lower. So there's a little steering wheel on one end, and then two guys are on the back. Kind of like the little buggy you see at the airports, tug at the little tugs Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. A little low. Nothing's very high because it's able to go under most aircraft that are out there. You uh, know. So did you have fire hydrants around the deck then? So no, I mean, you, the the thing itself carried about 400 gallons of PHP. The foam? Or? Yeah, the foam stuff. Or a triple F, I'm sorry, yeah, which is the aqueous film forming foam or something like that. Is that the one that had the big cancer scare that was causing cancer for everybody? Maybe, yeah, yeah. probably. But was but it yeah, camp, it was Camp Lejeune. <laughs> yeah. That's really got it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's good for, you know, it's like a jet fuel fire or something because right. it'll cover it and put it out instead of spreading it around. But. Right. But so did you ever have any emergency calls when you're or how many how long were you deployed on the ship doing this job? So I was on the Saratoga for about a Two and a half years, roughly, almost. Okay. Just shy of that, and then decommissioned. And during that time, went on two deployments, um, two six-month deployments with it. And, I mean, never had a plane that crashed on deck or caught on fire on deck. Right. There were a couple that crashed that were lost at sea, but nothing we really had to deal with. Um, I, think, I think I told you guys earlier, the, the one fire we did have was one of our own vehicles. <laughs> battery <laughs> caught on fire. Somebody's giant clown shoes got yeah, one of the tires. Yeah. So that doesn't look too good, you know. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, overall, enjoyable experience. So between trainings or missions, if you're on deck, what guys are flying to, you said as long as somebody was flying or landing, you guys had to be stationary, you were telling me. Right, yeah. So, uh, what'd you do in the off time on the ship? I mean, is there a social hour? Did you play basketball? Just hit the gym, get swole? Yeah, I mean, there was a gym on there. We kind of built our own to some degree. We managed to get some equipment and found an area to put it in. So, did that. I mean, you tend to work 12-hour shifts, at least we did anyway. Yeah. Um, so, we had two complete crews. One worked like we work from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. or vice versa, you know. And, you know, if you're up there manning, if there's aircraft flying, which there are most of the time, you're manning the vehicles during that time. So you get about 12 hours off, take a shower, you know, maybe watch some TV, play cards, maybe work out. Um, just not a ton to do on the ship in general, you know, right. really. So, But a lot of it, I mean, eight hours sleeping, you know. So, you know, we have right. about four hours really of any sort of free time for the most oh. part. So. Yeah. Uh, 
Uh, what about, we had, I think Aaron was telling us from Kowski, did they have hot bunks where you guys got rotate bunks or did you have your own bunk that was just yours? We had our own, yeah. Okay. Aircraft area is big enough, you have your own, um, your own lock space and a locker and stuff. Oh. You're in an area with, well, ours was about 40 people in general, but you know, everybody had their own bunk. I think mostly subs do that, uh, the swapping of bunks. But Yeah. Did, did you guys dock in other countries where you pull in? Yeah, uh, yeah, we wouldn't fully dock, but we'd anchor out there, and then have uh, basically small ships that would run cruise back and forth, usually. Just to make countries nervous, like you just park outside <laughs> of Korea, like, hey, yeah, yeah. we're here, guys. <laughs> it's, a, it's giving everybody a little bit of a break, and I think just to show the U.S. presence, too, you know. But yep. yeah, we'd, you'd often be out, maybe, it varied a lot, there's no real general pattern but often maybe a couple weeks out and you pull into a port for four or five days a couple weeks out pull into a port four or five days mm-hmm. um, and we were all in the mediterranean area so it was a lot of uh italy uh france spain you know, Lesbos. yeah <laughs> yep we talked about that this morning didn't we, we? <laughs> we talked about the other yep. um so as far as the the ports how i mean what was your favorite country that you uh stopped over in so the one, and so this wasn't directly involved in, but I took a, they allow you to often have, they sell these tours to go to other countries. And I think my favorite one was Salzburg, Austria. So it was a tour I signed up for. I don't remember the actual port we were in that I took that tour from, probably France or something. But, you know, they line up a bus and you drive up there, uh, pays for a hotel and spend a night there and just check out the city and stuff. But Salzburg is just cool. It's It's hard to describe. It's... You know, you, you picture like the storybook European country, and this is kind of it. You yeah. Know? It's nestled in the mountains. There's a river that runs through the middle of the town. There's a castle on the middle of the hill, oh, wow. on the middle of the town. You know, you, yeah. you, you picture classic European, cool little town, and this is it. You know, so Mozart was born, born there. Oh, wow. Is that yeah. why you wanted to go? I don't care about Mozart personally, but <laughs> <laughs> it was an interesting fact. And, but but I don't know. The vibe of the town was pretty cool, just yeah. sort of artsy and you know unique. And uh, what about the deployments on the ship? Because you hear rumors, you know, say there's Navy, uh, Rangers, Marines, stuff like that on there. Did you ever have conflicts, or your other guys in your crew or girls either want to have conflicts with? Hey, you're just a Navy pansy, or look at these meatheads, or something like that. And, Everybody got along pretty well. Yeah, I think most people got along pretty well. They well kind of I mean, is that accurate that there's different... Amongst the branches? Yeah, branches on that. Uh, maybe a little bit, yeah. But I mean, you know, being Navy, mostly interact with Navy. Right. Um, and we never really dealt with the Air Force ever or Army or anything. Um, we did have contingents. Well, it's still Navy, but we had SEALs on board the ship sometimes. And EOD, which is Explosive Ordnance Detail. Those guys are freaking crazy, but <laughs> yeah, it seems um, that way. Yeah, but the seals are actually pretty cool guys. They're you know they're intelligent and you know they're focused on their job, but most of them are pretty down to earth and cool. At least the ones I interacted with. Yeah. yeah. So so you, how long were you in the military? You were on that ship for two years. Then did you have other military service with the Navy after that? Yeah, yeah. So the Saratoga decommissioned while I was on board, which led to a small period of time where I was a bus driver in the Navy. <laughs> <laughs> managed to get a job as so the ship was decommissioning and while it's not decommissioned in general that's where you sleep too you know you sleep in the same bunk that's that's literally just where you sleep at night when you're in the navy whether it's docked or not um but it was decommissioned so they're starting to work on it and you know sandblast things and stuff so they put everybody up in hotels in town in jacksonville there um but with that p- kids 
people's guys didn't have cars, vehicles, or anything, so I needed to get to the ship to work. Right. And I managed to get myself a job as a bus driver, and that was my job to For run day. around, pick them up, yeah. <laughs> drop them off, and yeah. Did the bus ever catch fire like your fire truck? It did not, no. That's good. <laughs> Lucky. <laughs> Looked up better. So how long did you stay in Florida then while they were working on your ship? Uh, probably eh, three months, roughly, I'd say. And then I had new orders, and I got assigned to another ship, uh, the USS Nashville, out of Virginia, Norfolk area. So. Oh. That was a nuclear? It was not, no. But it was it was a small ship. Um they only had like maybe four or five ABH rated people, which was my rating. Um, that's because only helicopters landed on there occasionally. There weren't even any aircraft assigned to the ship normally. Just helicopters right. would land occasionally and you'd help bring them in. And so if we were to play the game Battleship, which, which piece would that be? That'd be the littlest guy. The, the, two, the number two? The number two, yep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know we're laughing, but that helps so many people. Yeah, yeah. That's only got two holes. <laughs> well, seamen have three. All the good ones. Yeah. So are we done with the, the military? I, I think military? so. Do you have any other military points you think need to be brought up? Would you recommend the Navy to other young Americans that want to serve their country? I mean, potentially, yeah. You know, I mean, ultimately I wanted to graduate college, which I did. And so in some ways it was a little bit of a setback from that just because... Well, I was able to take some classes and stuff, not to the degree that you could, you know, not being in the Navy full time. Um, but, I mean, I think for me, it came at the right time. And, you know, with the GI Bill and being able to take some classes and being able to see a lot of the world that it wouldn't have otherwise. Right. You know, it was, there was definitely a lot of good opportunities and good good aspects of it. And so Now, you said that your brother had joined the Navy <clears throat> prior, before you had. Yeah. So, who had the higher rank when you guys got out? I think we were the same, if I remember right. Yeah. You make fun of him? Like, yeah, yeah. You're better way longer than me. <laughs> uh, one other, I got one other question about the sea. Yeah. Uh, rogue waves. Do you ever have any huge wave or storm experiences? Because I don't know anything about the ocean, so it's very intimidating because I lack of knowledge of it. Yeah. He, he watched a documentary. <laughs> yes, I've seen documentaries on roadways from freight ships and they'll show them, you know, these giant thousand foot ships going straight up in the air. What did you guys ever find out? Yeah, I, I don't know about a rogue wave, but um, on the Nashville, the last ship I was on, we transitioned over part of the North Sea uh, in the Atlantic. Yeah, well, it was only 15 we, feet long, so. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit longer than that, but, <laughs> but still only two, two points on the board. So. Um, but there were some rough seas during that, and that's I don't get seasick easily, and I definitely did during this. I mean, you're under deep there. And what do you do for that if you're I mean, You can't get off the ship. There is not much you can do, so, yeah. Go up Take and try to get jam. I mean, yeah. What you're going to off and throw it up? <laughs> yeah, but it is a horrible experience, man. You just, you can't escape it, right. you know. And once it starts, it's just there's not much you can do. Try to make your way to the bathroom while you're getting thrown against the walls. Right. And try to get into the bathroom while the bathroom door is flapping around and hitting you. <laughs> well, they're giant steel doors, aren't they? Yeah. Or is that not all of them? Some of well, them? those hatches are generally secured. Okay. They're not They're not swinging around. I but mean, those would break somebody's hand, wouldn't oh, they? Oh, yeah. Oh, what, yeah. What good is it going to the bathroom if you're trying to piss <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to lay down and let it go. Let yeah. it fly. 
But the only thing I, the most I know about the sea, I've learned from Deadliest Catch. <laughs> and they had one of their cameramen on there that was sicker now. It's kind of why I was leading into. And they said, this is the last case scenario, but in their first aid kit, they carry suppositories for Dramamine. Oh, really? And they, they were prescription strength Dramamine, but yeah. you had to put it in the bottom. Uh. <laughs> but I would not hesitate because I was seasick once. I was like 14, and it I remember being miserable. And I've yeah. had a little bit over the years. But yeah, it wouldn't bother me a bit to <laughs> have to do that. Yeah. Nope. Oh. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to do that Boy Scout thing. <laughs> <laughs>